for another day's opportunity. Thank you for giving us the privilege to be here tonight. Lord, as we come and study during these summer months, Lord, we pray that, that even as we spend time with family and vacation, that we never take a vacation from you. Because, Lord, you are our source and you are our strength. Watch over us, guide us, lead us, Lord, and help us to be the men and women of God that you call and ordain for us to be. For we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. All right, all right, all right. Well, guys, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn uh, to the 128th number of Psalms. The 128th number of Psalms. Uh, and we're going to delve into this Psalm tonight uh, as we uh, seek to get some understanding and wisdom from it. Um, I think that um, when we look at this psalm, we'll, we'll see some things I think are that are relevant for us as a church and as individual families today. As a matter of fact, we're going to entitle this A Godly Home. Uh, and I want to look at some things because this, we see some foundational truths from this passage that will help us to have that godly home. And I want to talk about some things that, that I think will help each one of us. It, doesn't depend, it doesn't matter what our individual scenario is, if you're single, or if you're a single parent, or if you're married, or widowed, or whatever, I think all these principles can certainly apply to us uh, in our individual walks. So we're going to talk about a God at home. It says, Bless is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. You guys know on Sunday we've been uh, talking about uh, be still and know, and we've been talking about over the last couple of Sundays dealing with the issue of fear. And the number one command in the scripture, the one that's repeated most often is fear not, do not be afraid. Uh, and that's talking about when it comes to constructive fear. We talked about uh, uh, that comes to destructive fear. We should not be afraid of what the enemy throws our way. We should fear and reverence God. It says, blessed, blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. Is that correct? Verse number two. Come on, let's read together. For thou shalt eat the labor of thy hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be what? It shall be well with thee. Next verse says what? Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord, that feareth the Lord, that, that reverences the Lord. Uh, next verse says what? The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Last one says what? Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children and peace upon Israel. Talking about a godly home, or foundational pr principles and truths for a godly home. Now, guys, um, the theme of this psalm is, is, is God, the true head of the home. The theme of this psalm is God, the true head of the home. Uh, and oftentimes, this, this psalm has been referred to as the marriage prayer because it was oftentimes sung at Israelite marriages, marriage ceremonies. And in essence, the, the psalmist here writes that a good family life is a reward for following God. A good family life is a reward for following God. Now, I, I, I submit to you tonight that um, I understand and I know that a lot of our families in America and even in the church are in trouble. When I say in trouble, in other words, they're not operating at the level and in the format by which God designed for them to operate, okay? Would, all, would, would that be a fair assessment? Uh, I'm not saying that everything is going to hell in the handbasket, but when we're not operating at peak performance and at peak efficiency, then I think we are missing something that God designed for us to have. Can I get a witness? God has a way of putting a house together so that the winds and the storms of this life 
can't blow it apart. He has a way of doing that. I like what the psalmist said here. Um, in, if you look down with me uh, in verse number four, go back to verse number four, Psalms 128, verse number four. The text says, Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. He talks about the fact that uh, the, in verse one, blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord that walketh in his ways. He's tying, guys, blessings to Brenda reverencing God. Make no mistake about it. This psalmist says, blessed is everyone. It was not discriminatory. It had nothing to do with uh, your racial makeup or your background or where you're from. It says, blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that has reverential respect for God, that walketh in his ways. The man that reverences God and walks in his ways, he says, for thou shalt eat the labor of thy hands, happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Um, you know, go, go to Matthew the seventh chapter with me right quick. Matthew 7, verse number 24. Let's look at that real briefly, and then we're going to keep moving here. Talking about a godly home, because I know that most of us, uh, when we're not at work, spend uh, most of our waking hours at home, or we should. Or we, uh, that should be the case. You know, we go out in different places, but, but by and large, when we're not at work, uh, we're at the house doing something, right? Would that be an accurate assessment? I know we come to church, and I know some of your people may tell you, y'all at church all the time. Well, that's not true because I think the, the, the schedule for worship service, this church is not very laborious. I mean, as a general rule of thumb, you, you know, we hear Monday, uh, Sundays and Wednesdays, right? We don't have, uh, you know, stuff on Thursday and Friday and Saturday where you locked up five days a week. Uh, Sundays and Wednesdays are, are most of our teaching time. We'll have special meetings, uh, uh, you know, when we have our different monthly meetings and that type thing. But, but, but understand this. That, that when we look at this, you know, uh, church, it, you know, when we're not at church, uh, we're not uh, at work, then most time we're at home and having a proper foundation or having a home where there is peace and God's will and his word is abiding there will bring blessings to that household. The text says, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, Jesus says, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon what? He built his house upon what? A rock. And look at what the next verse says. It says, and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. All right, look at the next verse. It says what? And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. So we know what happens, right? And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Is that right? Uh, so at the end of it, it says, and it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, at his sayings, amen? Uh, they were astonished at his doctrine uh, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribe. He spoke as one having authority and not as the scribe. Now, we see here from this text that, that he likens, Jesus likens the person, uh, the man, the woman, the child who, who does what his word says. He likens them to a wise man who builds his home on the proper foundation. The reason why sometimes our homes are not flowing well and not clicking on all cylinders is, is because many of us have built our homes on the wrong foundation. And see, when you don't have the proper foundation, which is God's word, because it's very clear, that's what he said, he likens the person who does his sayings, not just hear him, not just come on Wednesdays and Sundays and listen to me preach and others preach and share, but we don't take that to heart and begin to practice that. He says, not those kind of folks, but the person who, who comes, listens, dissects the word of God, takes notes, go back home, studies and meditates them and decides how I'm going to apply to my life. He says that person is just like this wise man who built this house on the proper foundation. 
So what I've discovered is over a period of time, after pastoring 28, going on 29 years, is that many homes don't have the proper foundation by one or uh, 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 two or three or four more parties that are in that home. And so when you got one person who's building on the rock and the other one who's building on the sand, then you got some trouble because what's going to happen is it's going to split somewhere. Am I, am I right about it? So, so, but, but, but God has a way of putting the house together so that the storms of life will not, will not damage it. it, will, it the storms of life will come, but they won't tear it apart. And, and, and one thing I've discovered, there's two ways you can choose to live, amen? Whether, whether, you, you know, whether you're currently raising your family or you, all your family is already raised and, and, and out and children are grown, doesn't matter. You can choose to do it the world's way or you can choose to do it God's way. You can choose to do it the world's way or you can choose to do it God's way. The word of God has a whole lot to say about the Christian family and the covenant that God has with it. God, listen, Jesus made a covenant that has been sealed with his blood. It's a covenant with you, your family, and your household. See, families, I believe today that, guys, families are being destroyed because they lack a covenant with God. Amen. It's not that God himself is lacking in any way, but his covenant is lacking in many homes that he greatly desires to bless. But he can't do it because there's not a covenant connection. The house ain't built. The home is not built on the proper foundation. It's not attached to the covenant. Love, let's be careful. Love will come supernaturally to a family when they recognize that God is the one who made the covenant. When you make a decision to not walk in the not to not walk in the counsel of the ungodly and to hear what God has to say about the family, his love will be expressed in your actions and in your attitude. So one of the things I want us to, to, to keep in mind, just make a mental note of this, is, is write, drop, jot this down, say, give me the truth. Just write it down, say, give me the truth. Talk about a God at home, give me the truth. Uh, most of the times what we discover in, in, in a lot of our homes is that too many people put too much stock in the emotional side of love because that's all the world has to offer. They, they, they talk about emotions or feelings, okay? Uh, you know, and, and when we put stock in the emotional side, when things are not going right emotionally, then it tears the home up. That's why we got to build on the right foundation. When you build on emotions, you're building on sand because most emotions are wishy-washy. They change, right? Sometimes you feel good, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you feel like looking at them, sometimes you don't want to see them coming. Can I get a witness up in here? Depends on what's going on, right? And so, so if you build your foundation of your home and you determine your happiness based on how you feel, then, then you're not going to have a solid foundation, okay? Because here, here's the thing I, I've discovered, and you, you discovered this too, no one can stay emotionally high all the time. There's going to be some times emotionally your bank is going to be drained, all right? So you, you can't stay emotionally high. So if you build the foundation of your home on how you feel emotionally, then you're going to be in trouble. I submit to you that if you're going to have a godly home, and we, we're going to have to put into practice, amen, the principle that is laid out for us in this 128th number of Psalms. Let's go to Joshua, the 24th chapter, okay? Joshua 24, verse number 14. You, you even see this even in, you know, just say for instance, if the choir is, 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 is hitting on a song and that song is, is ministering to you, but you, you, you emotionally into it, okay? But if it's all emotion and not true, amen, spirit praise, then what's going to happen is, is, is you, 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 if the choir sing it two stanzas too long, your emotion is going to stop. Then you go from to, okay, that's enough. Y'all can sit down now, okay? See, 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 we don't want to do church emotionally. I don't want you praising God out of your emotions. All right? Now, the historical African-American church has been driven a lot by emotional turmoil. And, and so as a result, our praise tends to be more fervent than some of our Caucasian counterparts as a general rule of thumb. Not in all case. I'm, 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 I'm being overly stereotypical right now. Okay? But as a general rule of thumb, we, we've been emotional with our praise uh, in a lot of times. But... but but when, when the emotion dies down, if we don't have word that we've taught 
and have been uh, digested into our spirit, man, then when the storms of life comes and our emotions are not high or if our emotions are high and not stable, then we're going to be destroyed when the winds come. So God says, I don't want you to build your house on emotions alone. Emotions are a part of it, but if it's on emotions alone, then we're going to be in trouble. The foundation of this church can't be built on emotions alone. It has to be Look, the psalmist says the word of God. Look at what Joshua says, you guys. In Joshua 24, verse number 14. Y'all with me? It says, what now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord, right? This verse reveals two important qualities that are extremely necessary in a godly home. And those two qualities are sincerity and truth. They are, everybody say it with me, say sincerity and truth. If you, can, if you don't have sincerity and truth in your home, then God's principles cannot reign there. If you have a home where there's not an environment where truth can be spoken, amen, in all honesty and sincerity, uh, in, a, in, a, in a transparent way, then you're not going to have the type foundation that God desires for you to have, amen, in that home. I like Joshua because he talks like a man of God, y'all. He had his house so in order that he could speak for his household when he said in verse number 15, go to verse number 15 with me right quick. He says what? And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But now notice what Joshua said, because Joshua was a man of God. Joshua was a man who, who has established his home on the covenantal foundation of the word of God. He says, but as for me and my house, what are we going to do? We're going to serve the Lord. And so every one of you all in here should have that same mindset. I don't care what's going on. I don't care what kind of storms come. We're going to let the word of God be the foundation by which we live in this house. But the sad commentary is, is that too many of our homes are not operating that way. And as a result, we have turmoil. And I'm, guys, I'm going to tell you, it's difficult and it's hard to actually um, serve God uh, with gladness when the foundation of your home is not solid. I mean, you, you, you can be saved, speaking other tongues, but if your home life is messed up, it messes with your praise and your worship here in the church. I don't care who you are. If your home life is not solid, it's going to affect your ability to serve, amen, with a pure and a, and a, and a just heart here in the church. So we got to get the foundation right. And I, as I observe, amen, uh, what's happening in Christianity today, I know that a lot of, a lot of our homes... Uh, are not quite where they need to be. I'm not saying that it's all tore up from the floor, but when we're not operating at peak performance, when we're not allowing the word of God to, to be the thing that drives us, we don't experience the blessings that God has for us, okay? So, so look, let's look at some blessings of a covenant family. Go back to Psalms 128, verses 1 and 2. And I, I, I wanna, I wanna, I'm going to hand you out a little handout. If y'all could help me, Brother Ed, if y'all could help me, just pass those out. I want to I wanna hand these out and I'm going to go over some things that I've given out before, but I, wanna, I want y'all to refocus on these because a lot of, a lot of homes uh, experience emotional turmoil because people can't talk. Are y'all listening to me? People don't know how to communicate. And so as a result, uh, those homes are driven primarily by emotional waves up and down because you can't talk. So I'm, we're going to talk about some things. Can we talk is the name is, and those are communication guidelines. Some of y'all seen those before, but I'm, I want to go over those because a lot of homes don't experience God's uh, blessings because they can't talk to each other. Are y'all listening to me today? So, 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 the blessings of a covenant family. Just jot these down as you as you get in that little deal. Uh, Psalms 128. Go back to Psalms 128, verse number one. Look at what the text says here. Verse, we're going to read verses one and two, okay, uh, real quickly. It says, blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord that walketh in his way. Verse number two says what? 
for thou shalt eat the labor of thy hands, happy shall thou be, and it shall be well with thee. This psalm says the blessed man and woman who walk in covenant relationship have said yes to serving Jesus together. Yes to serving Jesus together. Everybody say together. See, the whole family needs to be involved in spiritual matters, not just one or two people in the house, not just the husband, not just the wife, not just the children, but all family members need to be involved in spiritual matters. Um, most of y'all probably know families, and maybe you're part of a family that, that well, maybe you are tied to the word and you're studying and you, you're trying to grow, but your spouse is not. Or maybe, maybe your children are not connected and, and you, don't, you don't allow them or, or you, you let them not be engaged in spiritual training and development while they're in your house. But we got we to gotta get back to the point, guys, to where we are learning how to do this the right way. And the text tells us back in verse number one, again, Psalms 128. Let's look back at it one more time. It says, bless is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. So again, we can't miss this. You have to pay somebody to misunderstand the fact that what God is saying, when you walk in my ways, then my blessings are available to you. And as he deal with this again, remember this song, uh, this song here was sung at a lot of the, 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 the Jewish weddings. And it was, it was called a wedding song. And because it was dealing with the home, because the foundation of the home has to be built on the covenantal word of God. And if it's not, you're gonna, if it's built on emotions, uh, the back and forth, the up and down, the you know, hot to this week and cold next week, that stuff will drive you crazy. Are y'all listening to me? So we gotta get we gotta get our foundation right. We gotta get it right. And part of that comes from learning how to interface and talk with one another. So, so the first, the first uh, blessing of a covenant family is, is financial blessings. Maybe your home is not being blessed financially because you're not fearing God and not walking in his ways. Because verse 2 says, well, look at verse 2. He says, well, for thou shalt eat the labor of thy hands, happy shalt thou be, and it shall be what? Well with thee. It shall be well with thee. Psalms, look, the first number of Psalms, let's go there right quick. Psalms number one, real quickly, Psalms number one. Are you still with me? Talking about a godly home, a godly home, a godly home. Jesus said it when he says, the man who hears these sayings of mine and he, do, what, he does them, I'm going to liken him to a wise man who builds his house on a solid foundation. The very opposite of that is the man who hears his saying and does not do them, or the home that's coming here week after week hearing the teachings of the word of God, but the word of God is not being properly divided, not being properly uh, uh, followed after in that home, that home that comes here, hears word, but does not apply that in the home, it's, 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 it's falling apart because the foundation is not solid, okay? So we got to get past that, that just coming and listening and going home and doing life like we want to do it, okay? We got to, we got, Jesus said that if you, if you hear these sayings of mine and doing them, I'm going to liken you to a wise man who builds on a solid foundation. Look what, look what Psalms 1 says. Watch this. Y'all know this. Blessed is the man that walketh not, what? In the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Verse number two, read it. Where is his delight? His delight is where? In the law of the Lord. So if he is delighting in the law of the Lord, that means that he takes pleasure in knowing, understanding, and doing God's law. We just saw in Psalms 128 that, that, that there's a connection, amen, between our fearing God and obeying his word and our blessings. All right? And I'll show it to you when we get back to 128. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he do what? Meditate day and night. Look at what happens. It says what? And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall do what? 
shall prosper. It shall prosper. Look at the next verse. It says what? The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. All right? Next verse says what? Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Next verse says what? For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Shall perish. It shall perish. So, uh, so, so his delight is in the law. He should be like a tree planted by the river of water that bringing forth fruit in the season. Whatsoever he do shall not. Should not what? Let's get back. He should be like a tree planted by the river of water that bringing forth fruit in the season. His leaf all shall not wither. And whatsoever he do it shall what? Prosper. Who is that? The man who does not walks in the counsel of the ungodly. The man who takes time to understand what God's word is saying about every area of his life. The man who who's, takes time to meditate on scriptures to know what God's word says because you're building on the foundation. All right? So the first thing is financial blessing comes. Second thing is happiness. Go, go back to Psalms 128, verse number two. And we look at the B part of that. Verse two of this psalm talks about happiness. But you can't buy happiness with money, y'all. How many of y'all have discovered that? How many of y'all have discovered that you can't buy happiness with money? How many of y'all have tried? <laughs> you know, having things will not make you happy. Can I get a witness up in here? Guys, let me tell you something. There, there, are, some, there are some of the most wealthiest, wealthiest, miserable people in the world that live here in America. Got money, but they're, they're not happy. Money can't buy that, okay? Look, look, look at what he says here. Watch this. He says, um, uh, he says, for thou shalt eat the labor of thy hands, happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. He's talking about your emotional state of happiness. He's also talking about financial well-being when he says it'll be well with thee, okay? Happiness is a beautiful quality that God gives us, amen? And it comes because circumstances and our conditions are right. It, it, but, but, but don't, don't confuse that. You know, what we got to realize is that God, happiness flows out of the joy that God puts on the inside of us. Okay? The joy of the Lord becomes our strength, right? And so when the joy of the Lord is on the inside of us, then that means that the circumstances around us don't determine our happiness. Because we know that we got the joy of the Lord on the inside of us. You can have joy in the middle of a storm like Paul and Silas did, who had joy even when they had been beaten and locked up in prison. How many of y'all could still sing praises unto God when you know you've been wrongly accused in some stinking jail, locked up, and at midnight you singing hymns, singing the old 100? 100, yeah. I love the Lord. He heard my cry, pitied my every groan. Long as I live, when trouble rise, I'm going to do what? Hasten through his throne. You know, they, they, they sitting there singing at midnight after being beaten and thrown in jail. So, so, so their, their emotional disposition was not tied to their circumstantial situation. And see, a lot of us allow our circumstantial situation, amen, to dictate and determine our level of emotional happiness. When you know God and the foundation of his word gives you joy, you don't allow the circumstances that are surrounding you to determine your state of emotional being because you have the proper foundation, guys. You can, you, you can laugh and you can sing joyfully in the face of adversity or difficult situation. Happiness is conditional based on the circumstance, whereas joy is conditional only based upon the attitude of your heart. And God will make you happy, y'all. I'm a living witness. He will make you happy. But along with God's happiness, there are some conditions and circumstances that must line up with his plan. God doesn't want you to fake happiness. And how many of you know that a lot of y'all come up in here, you fake happiness? Come on now. You can be arguing all week long and you come to church and you fake like. All right, all right, let's, let, let, can, we, can we have, just, can we park just for a second? How many of y'all have ever came to service and, and you had a burden on you because things in the home were not where it needed to be? Okay, let me raise my hand first. Okay, since y'all looking at me like that. 
because things in the home were not where they need to be. And you tried to praise your way through it, right? Anybody ever praise their way out of some mess? In other words, you have to, you have to speak to yourself and say, self, we're not going to go down like this. God has been too good to us. He saved us. Amen. My soul from a burning hell. And I will not allow this stuff that I'm going through to cause me not to praise him because my praise of him is not based on how good things are going with me, but it's based on how good he is. And God, and when you get your mind off of your stuff that you're going through and get it on God and, and, and you start praising your way through. The problem is still there, but you get in, in, in enough encouragement to go and face the problem and put the word on it instead of emotionally responding to everything. Guys, we got to get there because a godly home is critically important to have a godly church. Because if the home is not right, then the church is not right. And that extrapolates on out. Can I get a witness? God, he wants circumstances and conditions to be right so the attitude of our mind is the same as the attitude of our heart. Are y'all listening to me? Now, now, so, so the first thing that Psalms 128 tells us is when we are willing to follow the word of God, when we reverence God and do what he says, we have, he promises us uh, financial blessing. He promises us happiness. And the third thing he, he promises us is uh, a blessed spouse. A blessed spouse. Um... Go to the third verse of this 128th number of Psalm, a blessed spouse. This is an awesome statement because God says he will bless your marriage relationship. How many need some blessings in your relationships? Marriage and otherwise. Look at what it says, thy wife shall be as, as, shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of the house. Now, again, when you first read it, you're like... <laughs> You know what, if Vincent told you you're going to be a fruitful vine by the side of the house, you're like, what are you, what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> that, that, that doesn't necessarily resonate with us. But, but again, he's, look what he says, thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Now, this, this, yeah, you're going to have a bunch of them, yeah. This is an awesome statement. God says he will bless your marriage relationship and your wife will be like a fruitful vine by the size of your house. The wife and the mother has a tremendous place of respect and honor in a covenant family home. In other words, that wife will be fruitful in her womb. L listen to what he says about, he, he talks about the olive plant. Look at the uniqueness of the olive plant. They come from some of the longest living trees. Uh, the oldest tree in Israel is reported to be over 2,000 years old. And they said that, that particular tree was there when Jesus walked the face of the earth. The Bible says your children will be like olive plants around your table. God wants your children to live a long life. Y'all do know that, right? That's why he tells them to, to honor the father and mother, because that's the first commandment we promise, that it may be well with you and you may live a long life. Every child in here, listen, respect your mom and dad. You don't have to agree with everything they say, but respect them and honor them. Can I get a witness? So, so begin to pray what God says about your children. Secondly, the olive tree is extremely fruitful and bears fruit for a long, long time. Likewise, not only are our children going to live a long time, but they are also will bear fruit and be witnesses even in their old age. Guys, that's, that's, really, that's, cru that's crucially important. Blessed children, a blessed spouse and blessed children. Thirdly, Jesus personally used olive trees while he was on, on earth. He used them for shade and for illustration in his parables, amen? And when Jesus went away to escape the crowds, he went to the Mount of what? Olives. What's in the Mount of Olives? Olive trees, okay? So he went there to get some rest. And so, so Jesus, will, you know, Jesus will also use your children like he'll use you. And so what he's saying in his psalm is that we'll be blessed financially, we'll have happiness, we have a blessed spouse, and we have blessed children. But guys, a lot of times we're not experiencing that because we haven't learned how to properly apply the word of God as it relates to those who are in the home. That's why I gave you the outline, can't we talk? These communication guidelines are nothing new, but I want to share them with you. Some of y'all have seen them, some of you haven't. But, but many times, we don't experience that, that, that joy and that happiness in the home because we haven't allowed the word of God to, to, to take control of how we interface 
with each other in the home. Go back with me to, if you will, to Matthew the seventh chapter right quick. Look at Matthew seventh chapter right quick, verse number 24. Go back here. I want, I want this to resonate in your spirit. Then we'll look at these guidelines real quick. And these guidelines not only help you in your home, but they help you at work. They'll help you in the church. They'll help you when you're in Walmart. Hello. Trying to get somebody to help you and nobody won't come help you. <laughs> right? He says, therefore, watch this. Read it with me again, out loud, no purpose. Therefore, stop. Who's talking here? Jesus, what did he say? Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Look at it again. It says what? When you hear these sayings and doing them, he built them on the rock. Next verse says what? And the rain descended and the floods came. In other words, turmoil came, storms came. Every home, let me tell you right now, every home at some point in time is going to face a storm. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't quite understand this, Stafford, when the old folks used to say, just keep living. Y'all heard that before? Just keep living. You live long enough, a storm is going to come to your house in some shape, form, or fashion. It's going to challenge whether or not you're really standing on the word of God or you're standing on emotions and feelings. Jesus says, I'm a, the, man who, the man who hears these sayings of mine and doeth them, I'm going to liken him to a man who built his house on the proper foundation. Storms came, floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house and didn't fall. For it was found on the rock. Many homes are falling because they have a faulty foundation. And that faulty foundation causes us not to be able to properly interact with each other. And I've discovered this, guys, that people don't know how to communicate. And when you don't know how to communicate, it causes turmoil in the home. Are y'all listening to me? So let's, let's go. Look, 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 look at your outline I just gave you right quick. So, so can we talk? Most people really can't talk. Most homes have these barriers there because of whatever's happened in the past that causes you not to be able to talk. But you know, every time I go through this, I always evaluate myself because I, I, I don't ever want to think that I've arrived in this arena. I can promise you I've got 10 times better than what I used to be. And my wife can probably attest to that fact. And she's got 10 times better than what she used to be. Because, you know, what we, what we decided was is that if we're going to do this thing right, we got to do it God's way. And when God gives us a word, just like Jesus said, you can become a wise man when you hear this word and do with it. He's going to lock you to a wise man who built his house on the right foundation. So, so look at this right quick. So if I'm gonna if I'm gonna interact with my wife, if I'm gonna interact with my children, if I'm gonna interact with you at church, or if I'm gonna interact with you at work, these guidelines, amen, can apply, amen, in various situations. First thing is, if, if I'm gonna communicate with you, number one, it says what? Be a ready listener and don't answer until the other person is finished talking. How many of y'all have trouble with that? Gosh, this is so simple. If you would learn this, and, 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 and guys, sometimes it's hard. Oh, you sit there and want to, mm, mm. Hurry up. If they go too long, you jump in anyhow. But look at, go to Proverbs 18 and 13 with me right quick. Guys, some stuff could be resolved if we just hear the word and do it. It, it'll cut out a lot of mess in our homes, in our churches, and even as we relate to each other in the place of employment, if we will learn how to do what the word says. And Jesus already said, the man who hears these sayings of mine and doeth them, I'm likening him to a wise man who built his house on a foundation, on a rock. Look at what the text says. Spouting off before listening Two of the facts is both shameful and foolish. 
That's Bible all day long. That's Bible all day long. You can't, you can't misunderstand that. Spouting off. I'm trying to help the home now, okay? And I'm trying to help you in your church. And I'm trying to help, help you at work. Spouting off before listening to the facts. The Bible said it's shameful, first of all, and it's foolish. All right, so I want you to hands everybody here who's been shameful and foolish before. We got to do better. Okay, let's kick it up a notch. James 1 and 19. Go to James 1 19 right quick. Y'all know it, uh, but I, I need us to, to hear it again. See, see, guys, we can't keep hearing this stuff and ignoring it. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care how emotional you become. What you do is you put the word before you and say, okay, when you get emotionally hot, go to this scripture where it says spouting off before listening to all the facts is both shameful and foolish. You got to tell yourself that I don't want to be shameful. I don't want to be a fool. Watch this. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Now, again, these are, these are communication guidelines straight from the scripture. You, you, you can't get around this, and you cannot excuse yourself by saying, well, that's just the way I am. You know, that's, the way, that's the way I was taught to, you know, you got to handle it rough. You got to come, you got to come 100%. No, you got to come like the Bible says, come. Come 100% Bible. Look at the next one. Watch this. So be slow to speak. Think first. Don't be hasty in your words. Speak in such a way that the other person can understand and accept what you say. Go to Proverbs 15, 23. Come on, let's walk down through here. I'm trying to help somebody up in here. Guys, if we will learn this, <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be much better off. You know, I've seen some of y'all sometimes around church, and you don't even know I'm watching you. And then you and the wife, you know, you, you can tell when things ain't quite right. Most of y'all got enough control where you don't just go off in it. But some of y'all gonna let loose a little bit. And I've, I've heard you. I'm praying for you. But I know when you got home, it was some stuff going on. Yeah. Watch this. Everyone enjoys a fitting reply. It is wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. Go to... Uh, Go put that up in the KJV right quick. Proverbs 15 and 23. Let's watch this right quick. Come on. We're going to move it. It says, a man hath joy by the answer of his mouth. And a word spoken in due season, yeah, how good it is. Go to, go to that 28th verse, that 28th verse of that very same chapter. Proverbs 15, verse 28. This is, just, this is wisdom from the scripture. Text says, the heart of the righteous does what? Study it to answer. The heart of the righteous does not pop off. The heart of the righteous weighs a matter before he goes and speak. The heart of the righteous studies to, to answer, but the mouth of the wicked does what? It does what? Pours out evil things, evil things. The righteous Study to answer. I mean, how many of y'all take time to, to contemplate before you answer? You know, it's okay to not just pop off right away. Somebody ask you a question. Hmm. Think about that for a second. And then you answer. All right? The harder to write yourself to answer. So, so be slow to speak. Third thing, don't go to bed angry. Each day, each day, clear the offense of that day. Speak the truth always, but do it in love. Everybody say, speak the truth in love. Don't exaggerate. Go to Ephesians with me right quick. Ephesians 4 and 15. Watch this. We're talking about a godly home. And Jesus, the word, the psalmist and God promise you that, that if you will, if you will uh, fear God and do what his word says, you can experience financial blessings. Right? You, you, can, you can have... Uh, uh, you, you can, you'll be in a position to where uh, not only will you experience financial blessing, but you can, you can have happiness. You can have a blessed wife and blessed children. 
It says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up unto, unto, in, up unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Okay. Look at verse number 25 of that very same passage. Verse 25 of Ephesians. Are you still with me? The text says what? Wherefore, put away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members, what? We are members, what? So why am I, if I'm lying, I'm lying to myself. He says, wherefore, put away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. The NLT says, so stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. So guys, uh, if, if, you, if, you're, if, you're going to, if you're going to be uh, operating uh, with the, the Psalms 128 blessing, this is something that we got to get a hold of. Look at this next verse, verse 26 of this very same chapter. Guys, this is how I communicate. And guys, this is something you have to work on. You have to work on. You have to think about it. You have to concentrate. Because you can be going along, and if you don't focus on this, you'll just pop off just like that. Right? How many of y'all got, got a smart mouth? <laughs> How many of y'all got this quick, this quick whip and you just you say stuff and don't think about it? You got to get away from that because the godly home cannot operate if the foundation of your home is based on your emotional uh, whims, ups and downs. Okay? The text says this, and don't sin. Watch this. Go back to the next verse. Let's flow down to it. 25 says what? So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. The next verse says what? And don't sin, but watch this, by letting your anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are what? While you are still angry. Why? Verse 27 says what? For anger gives a foothold to the devil. That's what it does. That's what anger does. It gives a foothold to the devil. So you, you, you cannot do that. Look at Colossians 3 and 8 real quickly. We're going to move to the next one. So don't go to bed angry. I can't, you know, I, I'm not a betting man, but if I were, I would, I would surmise that many of y'all in here in your homes have went to bed angry numerous times and woke up angry. Huh? And went to bed angry again the next night. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't violate the word, amen, twice in two days. This is what the Bible says. Come on, guys. We got to decide. Now, now, we said that in Psalms 128, the blessings are tied to the obedience to God's word. So everywhere we see scripture dealing with and telling us how to communicate so we can have a godly home, we, we owe it to ourselves and to God to follow after it, not based on how we feel. Okay? So watch this. But now is the time to get rid of what? Anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Stop your cussing. Do y'all hear me, saints? Saints of God. You know, what, what they used to say? I'm going to get you. Some of y'all... Listen, just carry a bar of soap, and the next time you cuss, just tell your spouse, wash my mouth off with this soap. You got to stop that. That's, you know, it, it amazes me how we can become so emotionally bent that we can talk in such a demeaning, ugly, dirty tone to the person who we say we love. That boggles my mind. It boggles my mind. And we Christians. Hello. Now I understand it's coming from the emotion, but I can't understand how we as believers who've been taught this stuff. You guys don't have an excuse. You got you got the sheet right there. Put this, take it home, frame it, and put it on your refrigerator door. So that you don't forget. So every time it happens, you, you go to work and say, baby, look at number three. <laughs> you know, Pastor told us that number three, he emphasized that. Look at them, you violating number three. Number four, <laughs> do not use silence to frustrate the other person. If you happen to not be in a, in a position to talk, if you know you're going to cuss, just say, 
I don't need to talk right now, baby. I will. We will talk about it. Give me time to kind of gather myself. I need to pray through some things right now. Because if I talk right now, it's not going to come out right. If you know it's not going to come out right, just kind of be quiet until you go into your prayer closet and flush that stuff out. You got to say cuss words in the name of Jesus. Come on out. Not through the mouth, but just come on out your spirit. Are y'all, are y'all trying? I'm trying to help somebody in here. Because a lot of our homes are messed up and a lot of our relationships are messed up with family members and church members and, and co-workers because we haven't learned how to effectively communicate. And if we learn this stuff, guys, it'll help us go along. It'll even help you get promoted on your job. Because you know how to, you know, people like to have people in positions of management who know how to deal with people. That's the, that's the biggest part of management. That's why you get paid more money when you're managing in most cases because you got to deal with people. And you got to try to get people to work together as a team. And so that's difficult. All right? So, but if you start using these tools, I think it'll help you. So don't use silence to frustrate, frustrate the other person. Explain why you're hesitant to talk at that particular point in time. Now, I'm not going to go through all these, but go to Proverbs 20 and 15. Let's look at what it says, okay? Proverbs 20 and 15. Hallelujah. So somebody, somebody said, uh, you, know, uh, you, know, you, you know, you don't need to use silence to frustrate the other person. In other words, there are people, I know some of y'all out there, when you get upset and you get mad, you don't want to say nothing to nobody. And you just, you just, you just quiet. You won't even talk it out. I mean, three days later, you ain't talking. I mean, I can understand being quiet if you go, if you'll go off the reservation and do something you shouldn't be doing. But ultimately, if you're going to have a relationship that's vibrant and growing, you're going to have to communicate. Okay? You can't just pack it down. Here, here's what happens when you pack it down and say, that's, that's all right, it's, it's, it's cool, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. And then you go off, you pack it down, you keep packing stuff down. One day, all that stuff that's packed down is going to explode. And we're going to wonder, who is that person? Was that Darl Adams member that did that? Because you never dealt with the wound. Everybody say, deal with the wound. Wise words are more valuable than much gold and many rubies. Wise, wor wise words are valuable. And the Bible and God's principles are wise words. So don't use silence to frustrate other people. Use wise words when you speak and share. And there's some other scriptures. Look at those scripture references. I don't have time to go through all of them, but I put them there for you to go back and look at them. Number five, do not become involved in quarrels. It's possible to disagree without quarreling. We don't say quarreling. We say arguing, fussing, verbal fights. I've told you it's, it's critically important to have a safe zone where you can talk about whatever you need to talk about if you're going to have a God at home. If it's going to flow, if it's going to be a place of peace and not a place of turmoil, you're going to have to uh, stop arguing all the time. Amen? Are you listening to me? Look at Proverbs 17 and 14 with me right quick. Proverbs 17 and 14. Glory to God. Are y'all getting anything out of this? All right. Now, now again, some of y'all see yourself even as you go down through here, right? How many of you see yourself? You see some things you say, okay, Pastor, I, I, yeah, yeah, that's me. Starting a quarrel is like opening a floodgate. So stop before a dispute breaks out. You know when it's getting ready to get heated, don't you? You can feel it. The tension. As a matter of fact, sometimes you, nobody has to even say anything. There's a certain look that you see on, on her face or you see on his face, and you know something is not quite right. But if you don't deal with it right, then you're going to start quarreling. You're going to start arguing. You're going to start fussing. And then you'll do it out in public where somebody who knows that you're a member of this church <laughs> knows that. I'm, I'm serious. You guys, we have to be careful how we carry ourselves. I, I have to, listen, I have to be careful how I carry myself. I run into people all the time who know me and I don't know them. I have no clue that they know who I am. So what if I, what if I'm, Am I, if I'm, if I'm a, in Home Depot on the phone, fussing at my wife, getting all upset, cussing, 
And then I go up to the counter and, and plop my card to pay for my stuff, and it says, Mr. Doyle Adams. And the cashier says, aren't you Pastor Adams? <laughs> now, she just heard me cussing my wife out on the phone up in Home Depot. And you got people that do that, guys. What I'm saying is, if we're going to have a godly home, we got to learn to communicate the right way. All right? Starting a quarrel is like opening the floodgates, so stop before dispute breaks out. Some people like to start stuff. All right, number six, do not respond in uncontrolled anger. All right? You, you know this passage where you, uh, Ephesians 4, 26, and, and, and uh, pop that up real quickly, and then we're going to... Um, uh, move to the next one. Okay. It says, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. We just read that one, didn't we? You know that. Uh, look, look at Proverbs 29 11 right quick for me. Proverbs 29 11. Just want to share these with you. Guys, these, th these are things that when we see them, we got to let them resonate in our, in our head and get down in our heart. It says, fools do what? Vent their anger, <laughs> but the wise quietly hold it back. Watch this. Fools do what? But the wise quietly hold it back. There are, you know, it's, it's, it's a sad commentary. A lot of times we have people who are supposed to be leaders who don't know how to hold stuff without blasting people. That's a shame because you're supposed to lead and when then we as parents do that, our children see that. They see it and it affects how they do life. So guys, fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. Doesn't mean that the wise don't talk about what may be upsetting them. It's just that they don't blow off and come hard charging. They learn how to, 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 to weigh it, you know, weigh what's going on, and then run it through the prism of the word, and then they speak. Okay? That's what wise people do. Look at the next one, guys. Hurry, hurry, hurry. It says, uh, uh, not only do we do not respond in uncontrolled anger, it says use, um, use a soft and kind response and tone of voice. That's what Proverbs 15 and 1 says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words do what? Stir up anger, okay? So when you're talking to someone in your home or on the job, whatever, use an use a appropriate tone. Tone matters. Body language matters. That was dumb. Why would you tell somebody that and they telling you how they feel? Guys, that, that does not bode well for having relationship, okay? And so if we're going to have a godly home, we got to learn not to do that kind of stuff. Look at the next one. Uh, when you are wrong, admit it and ask for forgiveness and ask how you can change. This is one that's really, really important and it's, it, it actually bodes well in building a relationship because a lot of people don't like to admit that they're wrong. And some of y'all are going to go down with your argument because you ain't never wrong about nothing. Learn how to say, you know what? I missed it. I'm sorry. I messed up. I, I messed up. I was wrong. When you learn how to do that and admit that, it helps to build and solidify the relationship in the home. Learn how to do that, okay? Uh, look at yourself and be... And, 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 it, it doesn't take anything away from you when you're wrong. All of us are wrong at some point in time. So be willing to admit that, amen? Number eight, when someone confesses to you, tell him or her you forgive him. Be sure it is forgiven and not brought up to the person over and over and over and over again. Amen? I put that one in there over and over and over again. I'm not, listen, these scripture references will tell you We'll follow up on everything that I'm saying in these points. So these, these, these guidelines are nothing new, guys, but I want to bring them to you because many of our homes are not settled and they have faulty foundation because we don't apply these principles and communicate with one another. All right? Number, number, number nine, avoid nagging. That's enough said right there. Isn't it? Don't, number 10, don't blame or criticize the other person. Instead, restore encourage and edify that person. Guys, that, that, that's critically important. Look at, look at Galatians 6 and 1 with me right quick. Hurry, hurry. Galatians 6 and 1. 
if you will go take these things home and evaluate all of your relationships and say, how do I do these when I'm connecting with the person at work? How do I do these when I'm connecting with my fellow co-laborer in the gospel at church? How do I do this when I'm, when I'm connecting with my children or my spouse? Okay? All these things go into helping us having a godly home. It says, dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, and all of us are subject to being overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. So when someone falls, they're, over, they're overtaken by some sin, then we, we ought to uh, we need to go and try to restore them. And sometimes your person who you're in a relationship with, close relationship, whether it be a spouse, child, or whatever, a coworker, they may be overcome by some sin. And so we have a responsibility as believers who are growing in faith to, to help restore that person. Amen? Don't beat them down. Don't put your foot on their neck and just, just grind them. Forgive and help restore. Amen? Number 11, if someone verbally attacks, criticizes, or blames you, don't respond in the same manner. Go to Romans 12 with me right quick. Romans 12, 17. Look at it right quick. Hurry, hurry. I know some of y'all won't go see the calves get whipped tonight. I'm going to let you out a little bit early. Okay. Now, they're going to probably win this one tonight. I believe they're going to win. I believe they're going to win this one. Poor J.R. Smith. That was their, that was their, that was their, they, they had the chance to get that one in Oakland. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But I said that. Two years ago, I said, it's over, but they came back and won. So, see, it ain't, it ain't what I think. It's what they think in their mind. If they defeated in their minds, then it's over with. Can I get a witness? Same way with you. If the devil got you defeated in your mind, he got you whipped. I mean, he done threw some stuff at you, and now you telling yourself what you can't do. Uh-uh, uh I serve a God who says nothing is impossible with him. He even asked one, one of his servants, is anything too hard for God? I want to know, is anything too hard for God? Do you think so? I don't think so. I've had experience with him, and I know what he'll do. Look what it says, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. In your home, don't, don't do tit for tat. Don't try to get your spouse back. Let me say it again. Don't try to get your spouse back. Well, I'm mad. I ain't going to cook for him for a week. Okay, well, maybe you did something else. I don't know. But, but getting revenge is not the answer. Hello, somebody. Look at number 12. Try to understand the other person's opinion. Make allowances for differences. You are not the same person, and sometimes you just you just you just flow to a different different beat than the other person. Don't mean that your beat is better than that person's beat, but y'all just a little different. Quit trying to make that person that you married to just like you. I read an article, and I, I think I passed it on to some of y'all. You know, Jimmy Evans and Karen Evans do, do marriage today. They had an interesting article and they had an interesting take. They said that, you know, really subconsciously when we're looking for a mate, we're looking for somebody who's different than us because they got something that we need and we have something that they need. And, and, and sometimes what happens in a relationship when we get hooked up with somebody, we try to make them just like us when really, really we don't, if, you, if, if it was two yous, you didn't need nobody else. As a matter of fact, two of you would be scared in the same place. <laughs> so God, you know, we subconsciously hook up with people who, who are different than us and they'll compliment us. Have y'all found it to be true? Yeah, yeah. Carl and Laura probably got differences, but they, they you know, his, his differences match, her, you know, draw her and hers draw him. They've been, they've been married how long now? 34 years. Yeah, opposites do attract. Positive and negative. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> so, so, so quit trying to change the other person to be just like you. Now, we, all, we ought to be like Christ, 
But we have different personalities and we have different things that we like. So don't try to make that person like everything you like or, or talk down to them because they like stuff different than you, okay? All right, so try to understand another person's opinion. Make allowances for differences. The Bible talks about it. Look at Proverbs 18 and 2 real quickly. Hurry, hurry. All right. Y'all got, you, you know, you got some meat to go home with. Fools. Now watch this now. And some of y'all may be living with a fool. I'm not going to discount that. I'm not saying you are. I say you may. You could possibly be living with a fool. Because it says fools have no interest in understanding. Is that what it says? They only want to add their own opinions. You know if you got a fool there. And I'm praying for you if you do. How many of y'all know people like this? They have no interest in getting no understanding. They only want to add their own opinions. That's Bible. That's what the Bible says. Are y'all listening to me? Look at the 13th verse. Watch this, watch this. Proverbs 18, 13. Watch this. It says, spouting off before listening to the fo- before listening to the facts is both. <laughs> there it is again. <laughs> spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. There it is again, okay? Look at verse 15. 15. Intelligent people are always ready to learn. Their ears are open for knowledge. But fools don't. The Bible says fools despise wisdom and instruction. So if you don't want to learn anything, can anybody tell you nothing? I hate to tell you, but you're acting like a fool. Get to the point to where you are a learner. You, are, you eat the word of God up. You want to know what God's word says. You spend time searching. Be, have an inquisitive mind to know what God's will is for every situation in your life. Don't be the person who can't be told anything. That's what a fool does, okay? Now, last one. Be concerned about the interests of others. If you're going to be, if you're going to be a, a, a person who has a godly home and a place of refuge where God will honor that home and honor you, be concerned about the interests of others. Look at Philippians 2 and 3 with me right quick. Glory to God. Philippians 2 and 3. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. If you have a spirit of humility like this, I promise you God will bless you in your relationships. So guys, go down through here, and I want you to go back and earnestly, uh, with with a heart of meditation, go back and reflect on these verses and look at and evaluate how are you actually communicating with the person in that home there, even with your children? How are you communicating with fellow church members? How are you communicating on your job? I promise you, if you start abiding by these guidelines, it'll help your relationship uh, be better in all of those situations. Amen? Foundations for a godly home. Psalms 128 lets us know that when we, when we adhere to God's will and his word, he will bless us. And I want every home in here to be blessed and not cursed. Amen? Give the Lord a hand to praise. God bless you.